Get you some radio. About this. You know, most, if, if the folks that are in the auto industry in this business that are on this show right now, I mean, most of the dealerships are anywhere from three acres to 20 acres. Yeah. And you're walking around and, and the weather, it could be hot, it could be cold. I mean, to be walking around uh, as you get in your 40s, 50s, 60s on a lot for, on a 10 acre lot, and you're not healthy and you're not taking care of yourself, you know, this business, the auto industry, it could be such a great business, but it also could be a life sentence. If you don't do the right things every day, if you don't follow up, if you don't prospect, if you don't have referrals and owners coming in, you know, it's a life, it could be so fun and so enjoyable. But if you're just going to you know, stand outside and wait for people in the heat or in the cold, it could be, it, it could be a life sentence. Now, 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 your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration. Perspiration. perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> The Get You Some Radio Show with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get You Some Radio Show. I am your host, Terry Lancaster, as always. And this is the Get You Some Studio. If you've been watching for any length of time, uh, you know what the sum in Get You Some stands for. Get You Some Radio is about creating health happiness and prosperity in your life. And it's mainly for salespeople and entrepreneurs because sometimes we struggle creating health, happiness, and prosperity. We get, uh, we get zeroed in on one of those areas instead of looking at the big picture and all of the areas in our life. I had a chance this weekend to read a great book. It's called The Theory of Five by Chris Saraceno. Chris is, uh, is from the automotive business, been in the automotive business for a long time, done really well. And, uh, and he is a big believer, as I am, in the whole life, the big picture, building all the pillars of your life. He's got five pillars for creating health, happiness, and prosperity in your life. We're going to talk about those right after this. Make more friends. Sell more cars. 97% of car shoppers say they would prefer to know their salesperson before they ever set foot in the dealership. People buy from people they know, like, and trust and they refer their family and friends to people they know, like, and trust. Visit TerryLancaster.org to learn how your sales staff can get more reviews, more referrals, and more repeat business by building better, stronger, more authentic relationships online and in real life. TerryLancaster.org Chris Saraceno, welcome, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for having me on the show. Man, I, I, I appreciate you being on the show. I've been, I've been excited to get you on the show since I, since I saw the book come out. You know, early, late, late, It came out in 2018, late 2018. 2018. We've been talking for almost a year. Yeah, yeah so, so I knew, knew it was coming out, and I've, I've, been try, I've been trying to connect with you. You've been super busy. got a lot of dealerships to run. you got the book coming out. got all kind of balls going on in the air. You have lots of things going on in your life. Uh, but tell me about the theory of five. What is the theory of five? Theory of five is based on two concepts. The first concept is that, uh, that we become the average in our happiness and prosperity based on the five people we spend the most time with. Our political views, our happiness, the way we, what we earn is typically the average. And if you look at your own friends, and if you look at the people you spend time with, you will see that's true. It's sort of the mindset for those of us who are parents. We always wonder, know, want to know who our children are spending time with. Why? Because we understand that they're influenced by their friends. It doesn't change being that you're 30 years old, 50 years old, or 70 years old. So the people we spend time with are very uh, important. The other reason for the five is the five most important areas of influencing somebody in health, in uh, happiness and prosperity are spirituality, 
it's uh, marriage or relationships, it's parenting, it's uh, uh, health and fitness, and it's also finances, business and finance. So those five areas and the five people. That's the whole concept of the theory of five. So, so let's let's take that first part of it. That that the uh, that you are the average of the five people that you that you associate with most. And and we've heard that quote. That's 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 been around for a little bit. And let me, let me tell you a personal story from my life. I uh I kind of got to thinking about that about maybe half a dozen years ago, six or seven years ago, that, you know, who, 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 are, who are the five people that I'm hanging out with? Who do I need to be hanging out with? And I think like most people, I took that as, a, as an indication that maybe I needed to hang out with, with some, some, you know, some people who, who motivated me, inspired me. But what really kind of got on me and got me turned around and got me thinking more about it was I started looking at it at the other side of that coin, that uh, if I'm the average of the five people I hang around with, the five people who I associate with the most, the five people who I know and love. Well, first of all, let's go back to the, the five. I started looking at the five people I hang out with and 90% of that five, 80% of that five was my wife and my three children. That's who I'm associating with. And uh, I looked at the other side of that is that they are a reflection of me. And if my life isn't on track and I'm not being the person I need to be, I'm not being all I can be for them. And uh, so the, actually the inverse of the theory is what motivates is that I need to be a better person so that I could help them be better. You know, it's funny. I've had several people say that after reading the book that, that not only did they learn, you know, to really choose the people they spend time with wisely, but they looked at themselves in the mirror and said, you know what, am I being a good example? Am I help uplifting people? Or am I helping people with their happiness and prosperity too? So there's, there's benefits each way of when you read the theory of five. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the things I, one, there was a graph in the book that, uh, there was you know, a little, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a graph guy. I love graphs. You had a Venn diagram that you had the five people who you kind of have to associate with. These people are because of the way your life is structured. These people are in your life, whether it's your family or whether it's the people you work with or whether it's the people you carpool with, there are going to be certain people that for, for the most part, you are required to spend a great deal of time with. And maybe you don't have as much control over that as, as you want. But there are people that you do have control over who you do let into your circle of five. And uh, I know you're big on, on the mentoring process and bringing people into your circle to, uh, to start elevating you and the other people in your circle. Well, and it all depends on who you're spending time with. I mean, your natural five, if you're very fortunate. If your natural five are motivated, happy people, and they're inspiring you, that's great. But the case for most people is that if we are sometimes forced, it could be the person sitting next to you that complains and whines all, uh, all the time. You could have somebody that you love that's negative, you know, that's in your, a family member that you truly love and care about, but they're very negative. It could be a friend you had years ago that's still in your life, but they're very negative too. So that's your natural five you spend time with. And then we, all, we talk in the book about choosing your inspirational five, that you sort of look at, hey, who are five people in my life? I really, I know that person. How do I get to know them better? How do I make sure that they're my role model or friend? Or I, in the book, we call, talk about co-mentors. Mm -hmm. Co-mentors would be somebody that you might be great when it comes to spirituality, and I might be really good at, at, at uh, you know, health or fitness, and we help each other. Uh, it's not that, that one person is always mentoring somebody. You're co-mentoring each other in different subjects. So that's the concept, and it walks through the story and all the things I've learned through the people that have been co-mentors, role models, or mentors in my life. Well, t tell us a story. Tell, tell us a, a time in your life where a mentor has helped take you to the next level, where a mentor has helped you increase your health, happiness, and prosperity. 
Well, I'll, I'll give two examples. One of the first examples was the first dealership I worked at. There was a gentleman by the name of Harvey Ritter. He was probably 80 years old at the time, and his sons owned the dealership. And he really sat down and, and he walked me through how to make money and, and how important it is to put 10% of your income aside, how it, it, important it is not to have a lot of debt, unless it's good debt. Good debt is debt that's growing for you, something that, that is building reoccurring revenue for you. So he walked me through all that and he held me accountable and took the time and said, Chris, bring your, I want you to bring your bank account in every month and you have to show me because if you show me, I'll keep working with you. So that's one example uh, that he, a gentleman by the name of Harvey. I also had a woman, uh, her name is Evelyn Longsworth. She might've been the best parent I've ever met. And she was such a wonderful role model on how to be a parent in somebody's life, especially as I was raising my daughters on what to do. And the main goal, she said, is the main goal of every parent is to make sure that your children could not only survive without you, but they would th thrive without you. And that was a mindset that I remembered every day in my life when I would talk to my children and talking about how do I make sure they thrive without me in my life when they become adults. You mentioned you mentioned debt, and uh, and this is this is one of the things I'm curious about because when I got started in, in in the sales business, I was selling radio advertising, but I've been selling to car dealerships for a long time, and 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 this I heard this from radio from uh, my first general sales manager at a radio station, and I've heard it from a hundred different general managers at car dealerships over the last three decades that uh, what they look for in a salesperson is a salesperson that's up to their eyeballs in debt. The first thing they want a new salesperson to do is go out and buy a new car, go out and buy a new house go out and just get covered up in debt because debt is a powerful motivator. Being, being in over your head keeps you clawing. Is, is, that, is that right? I, I would tell you that it depends on the individual. Some people can't handle the stress and you know, you've seen people break bad and also yeah. they have too much debt. Uh, so you have to know yourself as an individual. For me, I know my family members have said, you know, my, my children and my wife will say, why do you keep always pushing? to do something else being in an apartment being that you're getting more into the dealerships why do you do that and in my point of view is I know that it puts positive pressure on me to perform at all time it's pushing spending time with and what I could do to grow uh, my net worth or the influence that I would have to bring future net worth in to the business or to my family yeah yeah. So then, and let's talk about the the other thing uh, in in the in the car business. And you you've been in the car business a long time, and I've I've been around the car business a long time. And most of, a lot of the folks in the car business aren't in the greatest of health. There's I, I I go into car dealerships today, and there's five guys sitting on a golf cart in front of the store, smoking cigarettes and you know drinking Red Bull. And uh, and health isn't a primary concern. And I've had this conversation with with lots of sales sales gurus and, and, and managers and sales trainers, and some of them just don't care about their, I mean, not that they don't care, they don't think health and fitness is, is a priority and it, it just doesn't matter. They say, I don't care if the guy eats three Big Macs a day and, and, and couldn't walk to the mailbox without stopping to catch his breath, as long as he can sell cars, as long as he can sell real estate, as long as he can do his job, health is, is, is way down the list of what I'm concerned about. I mean. Why is, why is health and fitness important to a salesperson? Why, why would the salesperson care? Why does his manager care? Well, remember, the toughest sale that any person will ever have in their life is selling themselves. So if they're not sold on the aspect 
of taking care of themselves. But I, I will tell you what sold me, you know, I, and I've been very fortunate my whole life that it's been something that's been a priority in my life. But when someone made the comment to me years ago, and you might have heard something like this before, they said, hey, Chris, let me ask you a question. When you were 16 years old, somebody said to you, you could, we will buy you any vehicle you want, any car you want in, in the world. Would you take that car? And I said, of course I would. Now here's the catch. It's the only car you could have the rest of your life. And how would you take care of that car? And of course you said you, you would make sure it's in the garage, you'd cover it up, you'd make sure it's waxed, you'd make sure it's always maintained. And he said, well, if you do that with a car that you only go in a car your whole life, why wouldn't you do it with your body? It's the only body you're gonna have your whole life. Yeah. So we perform better, we work better, we're happier, happier, more prosperous when we have it. Yeah. And we've all known people that are sick and unhealthy. Yeah. It's tough to think about anything else. It's tough, tough to think about your family, your spouse, about business or work or spirituality if you're in pain and you're unhealthy all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, but does, does, it, does it make you better? I mean, how does it, how does it make you sell more? I would tell you that from the folks I talk to, when you feel better, you look better, you have more confidence. I mean, part of what selling is, is your body language, your tone, you know, it's the words we use. And when you feel better about yourself, you, you are absolutely more confident. Confidence makes a difference in life in general. That's why we want our children, you know, for, for those out there that are children, you want your children to be confident because you know that they're going to excel in life when they have a, when they're confident about what they're doing and they're confident about themselves. I've heard I've heard sales described basically at its root level as an exchange of enthusiasm. The enthusiasm I have for my product, I'm trying to give to you, Dave, so you have that same enthusiasm. And it's hard to bring that enthusiasm if you're worried about uh, you know if you're worried about everything else, and you can kind of you sink down into yourself. And it's hard it's hard to generate that that customer experience. And I think in today's in today's situation, the customer experience matters more than ever. And and happy happy employees. Uh, Happy salespeople create happy customers. Also, think about this. You know, most if, if the folks that are in the auto industry in this business that are on this show right now, I mean, most of the dealerships are anywhere from three acres to 20 acres. Yeah. And you're walking around and, and the weather, it could be hot, it could be cold. I mean, to be walking around uh, as you get in your 40s, 50s, 60s on a lot for, on a 10 acre lot, and you're not healthy and you're not taking care of yourself. You know, this business, the auto industry, it could be such a great business, but it also could be a life sentence. If you don't do the right things every day, if you don't follow up, if you don't prospect, if you don't have referrals and owners coming in, you know, it's a life, it could be so fun and so enjoyable. But if you're just going to you know, stand outside and wait for people in the heat or in the cold, it could be, it, it could be a life sentence. So, so let, let's, th let's talk about that. You mentioned prospecting and doing the things you need to do. Let, let's talk about what we need to do because one of the pillars is, is your business, your, your, your business building up your, your, your finances and building up your career. Let's talk about for a salesperson some of the things we need to be doing to build that pillar to strengthen our business and our, and our finances. Well, uh, as we mentioned before, and I believe we both believe in this, we talked about this, is that you have to be sold on the business you're in. Yeah. You have to be sold on yourself and you have to believe that one, that you're truly the best salesperson out there and you work for a great dealership and you have great products. That's believing in that. And once you believe in that, it's much more, it's, it, you're much more passionate. You're much more enthusiastic about presenting your product and you feel an obligation to share with everybody you meet what you do because you believe in your mind at that point that you're helping people because the auto industry, people are infatuated in this country 
in America with the auto industry. Everybody loves to talk about the auto industry. And if you believe in what you're doing, that enthusiasm, and if you're talking to everybody and you're handing your card out and you're on social media and you follow up and you care, truly care from your heart, you know, about the people near in front of you, it's going to make a difference. The best sales consultants I've met, they're not selling. They're truly what they're doing. They're consultants and they're doing what they feel is best for the customer in front of them because they believe in what they're doing and they believe in their product. Yeah. When the, uh, the, the car business is, one of the things that you had in there, and this is, I mean, the, the situation has changed since you and I got, got in the business. The car business has changed more in the last 10 years and it changed in the last 100. And, you, and, and again, you had another graph, graph in the book about, uh, about the price value, the, the, difference in the, the difference between price and perceived value. And you really have two options. As a salesperson, if, if your price exceeds how the, uh, how the customer is perceiving the value, you can drop the price. The other thing you can do is increase the value. And as, as a person selling cars, we don't have a lot, of, uh, a lot of control over the value of the vehicle other than the perception. And you suggest filling up that hole, that difference between price and value with yourself. Tell, tell us how that works. I would tell you that like, uh, the traditional sales consultant, the way they would sell is they just reduce the price until price and value finally match in the customer's eyes. The best sales consultants you meet, what they will do is they, they build value in themselves. They build value in the product. They build value in the manufacturer. They build value in the dealership. And they do that until uh, value exceeds price. And that's why, that's why they sell more cars at more money. And profit's not a bad word. People don't mind paying when they're taken care of. And it's a good profit. If, it's a fair, if, if you're being fair with people and you know in today's world you know, if you're at market value and you build value in it, customers will say yes. They don't mind for two, three dollars more a month. It's not a big deal. People don't want to shop around. Yeah. Yeah. They don't I mind going online and looking. But when it comes to a used car, especially, we just talked about that today in our sales meeting. When it comes to a pre-owned car, there's no two used cars the same. Because depending what you did with the inspection, depending what the history is of that vehicle, all those little things make a difference and the guarantee you give behind it and the company you have behind it. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and the car business is, is, is tough. For, again, you, you mentioned you got, you're, you're hanging around the lot. You, you, got, uh, you got 10 acres that you got to cover. Most, most of the salespeople are there 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours a week. When you're, when you're locked in and you're focused and you're hyper competitive and you want, you, want to be the best, you want to be the top of the board every month, you want to be the number one dealership in the market every month, and you, 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 want, you, you get hyper focused on that one pillar out of the five pillars. When you're building a career, and when you're in a competitive industry and uh, when, when you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, how do you maintain the other four pillars of your life? Well, I would tell you, uh, still most people have Sundays off. Even if you, in, in Florida, we're, we're uh, open on Sundays, but it's not till 12. So there are, is an earlier church service you can go to. Uh, and I remember years ago, I'm reading a book about the average father only spends three quality hours a week with their child. It's when you do have that time that you spend special time, being it's that morning, being that that evening. You still have to set aside uh, time. There are, it, it, there's 24 hours in a day. There's seven days a week. It's just taking the time and making it. Is it easy? No. But if you focus on it and you have that laser focus, no different than you're focused in your business and you focus on, on your family and your children and your health, Sometimes you may have to get up early morning to, if you want to take care of your health. Doing it first thing in the morning makes the most sense. And most of the people in this business I talk to, they do it first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, because you got to get out of the way. 
If you yeah. think you're going to do it at night, you're too worn out. If you think you're going to do it during the day, somebody's walking in, you know, at lunchtime and you're not going to get it done. It's got to be done first thing in the morning. But it's, it's prioritizing. It's time management. Is it easy? No. Can you do it? Absolutely, you could. So let me ask you this. We, uh, we kind of did a little pre-interview thing, and I told you some of the questions I was going to ask. So I'm going to ask you a question I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. I'm going to spring this on you, and a little tough one. You mentioned that, uh, I mean, you, I, I know you were an athlete in high school, so you've been an athlete, and probably health and wellness, you mentioned, has been a priority you, for you from the get-go. So that hasn't been the pillar that you've struggled with. Which of the, which of the five areas in your life have you struggled with, and how did you, how did you overcome that? Well, I've, I have two that I would say, not that I struggled, but that are not natural. Yeah. You know, that's just not a natural thing that I think about all the time. Uh, spirituality wasn't natural to me, and I, but I knew it was important, so I surrounded myself with people that that was natural to them, that they were comfortable enough to challenge me on it, so, and, and they knew that I wanted to know more about it, so I had two good friends that, that really focused on that, and one gentleman was named Steve Munyon, the other gentleman's name is Bob Clark, and it seems like pretty much every one of my friends are very, have a very strong spiritual spiritual background and i will tell you being a being a husband uh not uh was it not natural to me not that as far as monogamous relationship but because i focused so much on business and finance health right. and fitness children and other areas sometimes i would take for granted in my mind that hey we have a really nice lifestyle that 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 in my early years i had to understand years later that you know what there's much more to marriage than providing a good lifestyle. It's yeah. taking time and letting them know you care about them. So it's not a natural. It's something that I have to work at. It's something I focus on. It's something no different than, than exercise that I plan out. Here's what I need to do to make sure and show this person and show my wife that I love her. I, th I, th I think I remember the quote I read from the book was, was making sure that you're, you're providing your partner with what, what they deserve and what's needed instead of what's left. Yes. And, I, and it's funny, I find myself, and I, and I find a lot of uh, folks are like this, you know, we end up judging ourselves by our good intentions, and we judge everybody else by their actual actions. Yeah. And we have to remember, just because we thought about our spouse all day long, and we had all these great intentions about what to do and spend time with them, and all of a sudden, at the end of the day, you get home late at night, they don't know that you were thinking about them all day long. They don't know that you were thinking about how much you love them and the time you want to spend time with them because you get home at nine or 10 o'clock at night and you grab something to eat and then you, the day start, you go right to bed. Uh, so we have to remember to, to let them know, uh, you know, what, how we feel, what's important and probably ask, as we mentioned in the book, ask lots of questions. Yeah. You know, what's important to you in your life? Yeah. So it's, it's, again, it's pretty much like sales. It's the same. Yeah. Ask, ask questions, be interested and be a decent person. They'll so solve most of your problems in most areas, I think. Good. Excellent. So you, uh, you, you one of my favorite parts of the books, what, what book was that you had a series of interviews at the end where you had talked to, you know, half a dozen people or maybe, maybe 10, I forget what it was, but you had several interviews. Tell us of, of the interviews that you did. What's the most interesting thing that you learned from one of the interviews, most interesting story that, that, that really made you, made you stop and think about it and, and maybe make some changes? Well, well, one of the gentlemen that I've known for years, and, and I didn't know, he mentioned to me that his mom was murdered. And, 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 uh, and that was sort of shocking during the interview that yeah. when he told me that. And, uh, and he mentioned that to me because we were talking about how important forgiveness is. 
you know, that if you, if you don't forgive, you stay bitter and you don't get better. And he talked about how in spirituality, that was one of the things that, that helped him in his life is forgiving because he had that bitter feeling. And he said, when, and his point of view is when you're bitter, it's tough to get over. You don't even treat the people you love the same when you're bitter about something that happens in your life. So, you know, when he said that to me, I thought, boy, if somebody could forgive that happening in their life. And his point of view is I did it for me and my family more than that person. Yeah. Uh, that's why I did it. So that was a, a shocker because I've known him for years. I never knew that background about it, uh, about his life. But I had some great people that are that are in the book. Uh, you had uh, you know Chip Perry is in a book who is the, one of the founder uh, is the CEO of of True Car. You have Dale Pollock, part of V Auto. You had Grant Cardone is in it. You know Sean Wolfington, David Boyce. I have a, a three-time world champ and three-time national wrestling champ and an Olympian, Lee Kemp. So lots of wonderful people that are in that book. Jim O'Connor, who is one of the presidents of Ford of North America, uh, interview. And these are all friends that I've had, for, fortunately, for years uh, that they are go-to people that if I need to make a phone call and, and ask their opinion or their advice or counsel, you know, they're, they're open to make uh, to a phone call. Yeah. So they're, 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 they're part of your five. <laughs> they are part of my five. And I say, I, I call it the theory of five, but I, but Really, there's 20 or 30 people that I feel like are go-to people uh, in my life that I can make a phone call to about different areas. Oh, great. So, so every, the Get You Some Radio Show, I, I promise to everyone, because we're, we're, salespeople are busy people. We've got things to do. We've got people to see. We've got places to go. We've got quotas to meet. Um, and I promise them that they're going to take 25, 30 minutes out of their week to sit down and watch the show or, or listen to it on the drive home, that they're going to walk away with something that can, that can change their life, that can make their lives better, that can create health, happiness, and prosperity on their life. So I, I ask every, every guest one question. There's only one question that's a guaranteed, and that is an action step. What is something someone listening to the show today, someone who sells cars for a living, someone who sells real estate for a living, someone sells appliances, owns their own small business, what's one thing they can do today to start making a difference to make their life better? Uh, I, I would say choose your friends wisely. Choose the people that you, your time is valuable and choose the people you're going to surround yourself with wisely. It does make a difference. Limit yourself to the people that are negative, that, that I call an anti-mentor, the people that are bringing you down and it changes your life. You know, we have one life to live and you want to surround yourself with the, with the right people and people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. And if you'll allow people to bring you down, uh, they will. If you let them know that's unacceptable or you minimize your time with them, that will make a difference. But, but people make the difference in everybody's life out there. Who you spend your time with will make a difference on your happiness and prosperity. Great. So the book is The Theory of Five. How, how do we get a copy of that, Chris? Uh, you could go to thetheoryoffive.com uh, or you could go to Amazon uh, and you could buy it on Amazon. All right. Anything else you want to leave the, leave, leave the audience with? I want to thank you for inviting me on the show and, uh, and remember, choose your friends wisely. It does make it, you are who you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Fantastic. Chris, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. All right. Have a great day. Get you some radio. You've been listening to the get you some radio show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.